Would you describe yourself as a music activist? Uh, I, oh, Wait, sorry. Before you go into, yes or no? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> no. So then if I say this sentence, you have to complete it. I'm not a music activist, but. I want people to think when listening to my music. You're listening to Sounds of Wahala, a bi-weekly podcast where we discuss activism and music. Join us as we sit down with musicians to discuss how their socio-political landscape shapes their music and creative process. I'm your host, Tiwa Odegoya. Yeah, cool. So um, the performing name is The Middle. Um, which is different to the, the middle speaks in the Instagram handle, but yeah, so just, just the middle. And um, what I stand for is um, my, my strong belief is that the kind of the biggest issues that, that our society or our world needs to tackle at the moment are huge systemic issues that are only going to be possible to confront if a big chunk of the population um, come together and, and think about them and think about their place in them and, and start to tackle them. And so that's the, the message behind the middle is um, that, you know, in one way or another, we're all part of a middle, unless you're at very much one extreme of the spectrum or very much the other extreme, the majority of us fall into that middle. And um, it's on us to kind of come together, confront these big issues and tackle them as, as a kind of unified force if we're gonna if we're gonna make any change on those fronts and i know that there's a risk Illinois, but i just want to see some clevers from the hoi polloi has my ploy which future are you choosing spinning on the fortunate wheel like lazy susan do you want to buy a vowel so you can try to crack this riddle wake up and discover that you're stuck in the middle huh? discovered you through Instagram um, and in your bio you have the phrase or kind of your your log line is hip-hop against apathy so mm. why first of all how did that come to be and why do you think that people are apathetic and who are those people that you think are apathetic yeah for sure um, it's probably worth saying at the outset um, you know, hip hop historically throughout its evolution has, has pretty much always been a, a voice of, you know, confronting power, a voice of activism, a voice of exploring social and political issues. So in a way, hip hop has always been um, against apathy. Um, so I kind of borrow, borrowing from that tradition, but wanted to specifically call out that the, the voice that I wanted to contribute to hip hop was one that was really much focused on, on that question of apathy. And, um, you know, probably, terms of a, a personal reflection and, and what led up to the project is I'm someone who's always been really strongly engaged with social issues, but even with that basis, being someone who in some senses could be described as, as apathetic. And so um, the middle project for me almost uh, was about filling that gap in, in who I am as a person and um, finding my voice in social change. Um, and um, so calling it out in, in the genre even was important to keep, keep me individually accountable that I'm doing this not to get likes on Instagram or um, to get lots of listens or to be commercially successful, which is always as a, a musician, things that are, you know, like the snake in the garden, always very tempting, but to remember by putting it front and center that I'm doing this 
um, probably more as a social change project than a music project, but with a strong belief that I'm going to make the biggest impact if people listen to the tunes. So it, it always does come back to still being cool music. And um, I think that's something as a side note that, you know, social impact music needs to think about is like, you've got to stay away from being too preachy and also get people's heads moving and, and bodies dancing. Um, and that's probably a lesson I learned through the first song and the difference in the next one. Bad things happen when good people do nothing then. Act surprised when it's happening. Bad things happen when good people do nothing um, Apathy and, and the song. Um, obviously that, that line that drives that first song, Good Things, um, is, is not, not my own. It's, it's borrowed from, um, many historical kind of examples. I think JFK might've even dropped it in one of his speeches and it's been attributed to lots of different people. The messages in borrowing that is something that I'm trying to play around with in my music, which is just cause something's been said before, doesn't mean it's not a good time to say it again. And something like, um, the message that if good thing, if good people don't stand up, then bad things happen. I think it's something that needs to be repeated as, as often as possible. Um, and um, particularly in, 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 you know, social media driven by novelty and attention cycles and news spans that are about, you know, one millisecond, there's always a drive to say, oh, I probably can't say that because it's not fresh, it's not new. But um, I feel that in my music, um, I'm trying to play around with repeating strong messages that have been said before, but maybe in a new way or making people think about them again. And so same with the music musicality of it, using a lot of samples um, or um, references. So that song actually, the, the bass line, I, I was inspired by Talking Heads track Psycho Killer um, because it's kind of got this idea of this, you know, quirky, strange individual who's not quite fitting into society, which is really the counterpoint of, of what I'm trying to get across. How many times you walk past the man on the street corner? Treat the man on the street like he's floral fauna. But in terms of my personal beliefs on this issue, I think it, it really comes down to people are apathetic about important issues, not because they're, they're bad, um, I think most most people in the world are good is is my my strong belief. But um, you know, not to sound flippant, it's probably the the bad ones that are just a little bit more more active generally. Um, and there's you know obviously a strong um, group of people who we describe as as activists who are doing amazing things as good people. But the 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 big middle, and I don't use that term in in a kind of socioeconomic way. And um, it's something that I've had interesting conversations around, you know, it's not about middle class, it's really middle of anything, any possible metric or, um, or kind of descriptor, there's, there's a middle, which is, as I said, everyone except the very first and the very last. And so it's something we should all be able to identify with. And I think in that middle, apathy really comes down to, to two things. It's like, um, and this hugely is something resonates for me in my own experience is like lived experience and, and comfort. Um, I think it's very hard to be a genuine activist um, on an issue if you haven't had pretty direct lived experience on it. And that's why I have a huge amount of respect for friends and um, people I come across who are activists on issues that they don't have lived experience on. I, I always find that ability to step into that space in a respectful way uh, really amazing and uh, set huge respect for people in that category. 
and then and then comfort is the the great thwarter of action um when even if um you care about something deeply um so assuming no lived experience but you understand you know whatever the issue might be climate change uh, racial vilification incarceration rates economic inequality if you yourself are comfortable um it, it tends to slip into the academic camp you know you read the guardian you talk to friends at, at dinner parties about it but um activism is about taking action and it's hard to step into that space when you're yourself comfortable yeah and um yeah for me as a person i think those two things like I, i'm very aware that i've lived within the broad global context a, a comfortable life um you know as any human i've had challenges in my life and you know pain and whatever but in the relative sense i'm very aware that it's been a comfortable life um as you can see from the, the trees <laughs> exactly um, and and you know therefore linking back lim limited lived experiences to the issues that motivate me the most and so i've always felt a bit like an activist without a cause or someone who cares about social change but who hasn't found their voice and so the the, the project as i said earlier was kind of like a, a cathartic moment for me of being like maybe my voice is talking to myself and anyone else who feels the same of like hey sure comforts there we lack lived experience but these issues we all think about academically and we care about when it comes to like you know voting or whatever it needs more than that it needs us to really engage in a more active way mm -hmm. um and that might mean different things to different people but it needs attention um mm -hmm. from the bulk of society for change to happen i'm about as comfy as a royce white and straight with a beach view but i think i finally found my voice pull my thoughts together on cue reminds me that we all have a choice especially in our very comfy crew it's the power of the pack attack on mass awake the collective if you want to call it that because change won't come from the front or the back the I find it interesting that you spoke, speak about like the origins of hip hop um, being initially kind of a, a tool for people to speak out about their community, about their environment. Uh, people that are real music heads, people that are real music fans can make the distinction between what is hip hop and what is rap. To maybe the layman or the ordinary person, they, they kind of categorize them all, all as the same thing. Um, I guess what I wanted to allude to was hip hop or rap slash rap now doesn't look like how it did when, you know, the likes of KRS-One, for example, were coming out. Mm. When people um, do make political songs or people like Kendrick Lamar or these kind of mm. artists make songs that have politics involved with it, it's just seen as so innovative and so special. What do mm. you think of that? Um, as, especially um, living in, not living in America. So you're from Australia. Amazing um, theme to explore. So super excited that you asked that. And um, I was uh, very recently reading an article. It's actually a 2013 article that's um, right on point um, from what we're, we're discussing here, specifically about KRS-One. So, so, so glad that you raised that and um, shared. I just want to even, even read from it because it's an amazing um, kind of summary that um, the thing is whenever it's convenient for a critic to do so hip-hop culture and the rap music industry are conflated 
even though the former is about a diverse group of people participating in a cultural practice and the latter is about a narrow commodification of that culture into rap music that is for the most part consumed by white kids so said in 2013 i think obviously still still resonates um and i think uh the point you raise about the commercial hits that hit the notes of activism you know that date back to you know the message or whatever it, the, you know the earliest days of, of hip-hop and the, and the kind of conversations about social dislocation and poverty on the streets of america um i think while recognizing them as novelty i think it's still fair to say that there's always going to be a multiplicity of voices in in hip-hop and so we also as people who understand that distinction can't fall into uh, uh or i feel i can't fall into the the mistake of saying oh that's a novelty because it's probably just my lack of listening of all the other voices um and knowing that there's so many um people who might not be as famous as, as kendrick exploring cool stuff out there and in australia there's actually um some of our great up-and-coming rappers right now are um, indigenous australians who are, are hugely driven by messages of um social cultural political um you know history of wrongs and looking to the future in their music like jk47 or um ziggy ramo so there is that out there um i i think there's always uh a complex question about whether a commercially successful song that's drawing on those messages is doing it for the the genuine driving of the message um or for other reasons i mean mm. i, I want to separate this conversation from kendrick because i got you know, he, he's a huge uh, inspiration for me. We love uh, you, both, Kendrick. Yeah, we love you, Kendrick. <laughs> <laughs> like, like in terms of both his skills, but also, you know, his story. I, I think he, yeah, we wouldn't wouldn't throw any criticism in, in that direction. But, you know, I think we're talking, you know, what about the the successful acts that don't even bother touching on these issues that, that are still dominating American scene in terms of what's most commercial and listened to and in Australia as well. It's really the the violent braggadocio you know still strains of of sexism and misogyny um that's that's what is most familiar unfortunately in the mainstream as as rap and it's and it's just a, a real shame but you know tying back to what we were talking about earlier for me someone you know playing in the space of music and social issues it, it, you know when that's not my story is is something i've been hugely conscious of and at times have thought about you know, pulling music or not not posting something that, that I was proud of from a, a rap or musical position because I'm wrestling with these questions. Um, and I think the first thing to say is in the in the times we live in, if you're wrestling with the questions that like, like credit to you, that that's the first start. Um, and it's a real shame if people wrestle and say, okay, therefore I shouldn't share. I think even if you share and get it wrong, if you've wrestled and can show that you're genuinely willing to engage, that that's a really important step and I see that that's where I hope that's where and I see it a little bit that where we're going past the kind of cancel culture and shaming culture is like if it's someone who's genuinely trying to engage mm -hmm. then let's let's pull them in like instead of like calling them out let's pull them in for a discussion and you know that's a big one for me I, I, I've um, historically even with like friends and family been quite judgmental of decisions that I think don't fit like what our society needs, whether it's, 
using a disposable coffee coffee cup or mm. <laughs> simple things like that. But ugh, shame, shame and judgment rarely change minds. Mm-hmm. They definitely make make for an impactful moment, but they rarely bring that person to, to change their actions. Good things happen when good people get active and organize what is happening. It's our lives, make it happen, yeah? describe to me the music video what is the uh what's the look what's the feel where are you um and then what other um b-rolls do you have in the video yeah cool so um it was uh, a challenge i thought in terms of in this kind of visual instagram um era do, when you drop a song when you release a track do you have to have something visual to go along with it and particularly like you know i'm starting out as an artist it's not like i have a huge following no one's bankrolling me so to uh, invest in multimedia is is tough and and to even know what where to tackle and i've seen some of your stuff amazing um videography and um media production that you'd know that that takes skills and it's hard it's not that <laughs> something you can and i didn't want to just put something you know at the same time you don't want to just put something forward that's sloppy because what's the point so um went back and forth and and finally decided on this concept of of mainly having you know performance shots of me and that was filmed in um this amazing um rural property in 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 my state of new south wales in australia called um chesley um which has you know huge um expanse and valleys but also really industrial things like um you know the big water tower um and tractors in the background that look like they're from a completely different um generational era so i, I like that juxtaposition of um nature with you know big impacting um human uh things that have, that have been added to that nature um and also importantly the the sparseness the feel of it that there's no one around besides me for the most part um so that was the main performance footage but to kind of give it a bit more life um the concept that i went for um was to splice that with um you know stock archival footage um to create the the impact around the message of bad things happening when good people aren't taking action so this person who's escaped to rural property where none of the world's issues are going to impact them is being confronted graphically at every moment by you know the rising storms and tides of, of the world and um you know the, the metropolises where people walk past one another and nothing happens and, and there was a challenge here because um you probably know archival footage is super expensive if you're gonna yeah. do it properly <laughs> thousands of dollars for for 10 seconds or something and some <laughs> But yeah, so so um, cutting in things that gave the feel of some of the problems we're confronting, um, mm-hmm. and some of the things of, of recent times, like um, the Me Too movement, like climate change, like the bushfires in Australia, um, without necessarily being able to use direct news footage of that. So um, hopefully that that came across in the video. It did. It gave. It made the video feel very urgent and very uh, now. Um, and one thing that it made me think of was like last year was crazy like so many things happened in the year and one thing that I almost forgot that happened was the Australian bushfires and 
it like that was a really big moment I think especially on social media and especially for um living in the UK we don't really hear so much about Australia and mm. any kind of politics or anything that's happening in that, in that country so to be to remind myself that that actually all happened not too long ago and how much of a one it was an outrage but also how quickly we forgot about it that was quite notable to me for so sure. I wanted to ask you about um, what had been the aftermath of that? Mm. Yeah, it was it was the hugest event in 2020 until the global pandemic yeah. happened. So, yeah. um, <laughs> and, and like um, living in uh, urban Sydney, it, it it wasn't like it was um, you know the fires were, were lapping at my house or anything. But uh, all of Australia felt it, and you know both uh, as a as a in community as a, as a country, but even there were there. Were, as Sydney, there was um, direct impacts, nothing like what people in the fire affected regions went through, but, you know, huge days of, of serious, um, you know, like, um, you know, big Indian city, big Chinese city style smoke pollution um, at a time when, um, for instance, my, my partner, my wife was, was pregnant and no one had information on how that might affect, um, you know, yeah. that, uh, pregnancy and newborns. So, um, a minor thing compared to losing your house. I, I want to make that super clear, mm -hmm. but it, it all it was pretty hard not not to feel it. We, we were wearing masks before before everyone mm, even knew so about you were pandemic. On Vogue. It was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were on Vogue. You yeah, were setting yeah. the trends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so so the first point around it is is exactly what you said. Um, it was a crazy year, and you know I think everyone's really hopeful that suddenly. December 31 and 1 January is going to make a big difference. But I think we're realizing the world's still a crazy place. Um, it doesn't work as simply as new year, new new world. Um, but I didn't want that to be forgotten um, in everything that we we're going through. So I wanted to make sure that featured. The second aspect was, um, I think, with this message that is very global and therefore doesn't hit home to anyone in particular, I'm ho hoping for it to hit lots of people so broad net i did want to do something that kind of kept it local and it's super cool that someone like you over in in london recognizes that reference but it was a bit of a you know reference for my for my aussie peoples um mm -hmm. to be like this is something that happened to us and and there's some actual uh, other clips in in that video that probably references that wouldn't be meaningful to to people overseas like um some protests that happened um probably around a decade ago in, at an Australian beach called the Cronulla riots, which were um, basically a, a pack of racists um, trying to keep people off their beach, um, juxtaposed against the Me Too sort of style positive. Um, so kind of just creating all these tensions between even though the hook is about good and bad, that the world isn't really as simple as that. And there's so much um, spectrum between good people getting caught up in bad things. And then maybe people that don't have the greatest progressive view being caught up in a positive moment and, and those types of um, concepts. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so they, they were the main reasons that, that I wanted to include some footage around that. I get kicked, I get pushed, I don't coast. So here's a toast for your Sunday roast. What policies or what needed to change in the country to make, um, those bushfires go away. You know, some somewhere like Australia, the majority of people are aware of the science, are aware of what's happening, want it to, to understand that you know it needs to be fixed for for the next generation or 
and for people elsewhere in the world who are right now being affected by it more than us and now for us who are being affected by these things but there's still you know i think throughout through our politics and our leadership such uh an unfortunately outdated view compared to everywhere else in the world even places with conservative governments like you guys over there just completely out of step um and so for me that's a great example of like okay well nothing's going to happen unless all of us who are sitting around watching this leadership and these politicians not take action really do something and i'm not going to pretend that i know what that something is but it will start <laughs> it'll start with us thinking about that tension and not just being like yes i believe climate change is happening or sort of belief the facts mm. are that climate change is happening the facts are we're not taking action hmm i'll go back to my life it, yeah. it needs it needs engagement it it needs everything but apathy yeah exactly i think it's really also really interesting when people put activists well this is my opinion when people put activists on the spot about what should change or all of that and it's kind of, i don't know i always just think it's not their job to tell you what they need to do it there's their job to tell you that it's a problem and it's the politicians job to tell you what they're going to do about it like i've done yeah, my bit yeah. i've told you that it's a problem <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you go and do yeah, what yeah. you need to do <laughs> exactly that that's a really yeah that's a really interesting point i think and and it's it's maybe a tool that's used to undermine activists yeah. or or when people get engaged it's like oh so what would you do about it and it's like well i'm a i'm a a, a lawyer or a baker or an engineer like uh, that's my day job yeah. but i'm aware enough to know that this is a problem your day job is to to fix this from where i'm sitting feels like there must be something missing Cause there's clowns to the left of me, jokers on my right Nowhere to run and this joker doesn't hide I'm sick of sitting pretty, yeah I'm tired of sitting tight So I rise, it's time to wake up the middle And you mentioned that there's a difference in direction. So what is the new song about? And what is the difference of di in direction? Cool. So it's called, um, it's called Wake Up the Middle. Um, and the theme is, is, is very similar um, in that it's about, you know, engaging people um, to, to think about what's going on in the world and to not be, be apathetic. But the difference is, is probably more stylistic, I think, with good things, um, lyrically, uh, uh, musically in terms of the arrangement and also just the general vibe of it is a bit more preachy. Um, and that was, that was intentional. That, that was how I wanted to, to kick things off. Whereas this one, it's more of a classic hip hop, um, track, um, musically. So, um, um, the, the producer I work with over here, um, a close friend of mine for many years and a very talented producer and, and multi-instrumentalist, um, he was inspired um, by by the great um, and late um, Jay Diller around the actual musicality of it. Um, so it's it's just a, a much more vibing track. Um, and then um, the message is less kind of "Hey you" and more, um, you know, sharing it as a general position and in a more fun way. There's a lot more tongue-in-cheek references, a lot more humor, um, and a lot more triviality that's put in intentionally as a contrast to the hey um you need to wake up but also has has a bit of fun along um with it 
Um, I've also managed to, to work with a really cool, um, amazing female vocalist on on the the chorus, which I think adds a much needed light uh, and um, talent to, to the sound of, of the song. Um, and and a, another um, guitarist who, who plays a, an awesome solo on it. So. Um, as a as a track musically, I'm super excited about this, and also as a message, still it's it's probably less um, searing and preachy. Um, like I think those things go together. I think it's hard to be cutting without preaching a little bit. Um, so it's less of that than good things. Um, but what it has is um, this sort of uh, dynamic between. So that the, the title "Wake Up the Middle" is about wake up me. And about how it's it's sort of my I guess the title like if Your I was a opening. wrestler, it would be the the music that played in as I walked into the wrestling yeah. ring, a bit like that. <laughs> um, but at the same at the same time, obviously the the pun there is wake up the middle, as in all of us, um, in in the way that I talked about. So the, the move between the personal and the community is something that I was keen to explore in that track. Mars would say my bars are blessed, but never do it just for the gram. I leave that to the rest. I press tracks for your dogs and cats to bounce to. Pack with facts to sink your canines into. Browse up high like cloud nine or K2. And if I stray along the way, yeah, that's okay too. And from where I'm sitting. One is better than the other, or that one has a place for certain audiences versus versus another the other in terms of technique so, really good question yeah so I, I think i think what i love about hip-hop as a vehicle for this message is that it's like this um awesome set of ingredients to get a message across because it's one of the few music genres where you've got dense words you know like uh, a lot of words that have although it's often wasted by by rappers um it the ability to share so much meaning in one track compared to a rock song that might have like 10 words in a, in a three or four minute track mm. combined with um, uh, music. That's like, it's club music. You know, it's like, it's like club music or lounge music. It's, it's music that you want to vibe to. So it's like reading an, a, pol a political speech and somehow wanting to dance at the same time. It's like a really powerful combo. And I think if you forget that second half around um, wanting to, to make people nod their head and be like, I'm enjoying this, um, then I think you've kind of lost the game to some extent, especially as an artist starting out. Um, and so I, I think that has to be part of part of it. Um, at the same time, I, I don't I don't really think it's um, I'm not personally in favor of a technique that would be like um, get the masses nodding their head and they don't realize that they're nodding their head to a social issue. Like mm -hmm. I want people to know that. The message I'm sharing is is a message of action and of social change front and center. So you can't go too far to like almost like the inception, you know. Yeah. Oh, this song's fun, and now I'm going to go change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess on the other side is like if you're an established artist with a voice that people are listening to, dropping a really searing, preaching, strong impact song, I think is completely legitimate because you've built up the cred people are going to listen to you and they'll probably find new things that are musically cool about it as well um but i i think that's a harder game to play when when you're just starting out and that's why yeah i think um musically this next track could could be uh, more heavy hitting some think i'm another but i'm sharp like a cutter popular like cutter, and i'm smooth like butter always spreading out another layer 
I try to keep it kosher so they call me Pepe Seiya. find out more about you yeah so it's um at the middle underscore speaks um is the instagram handle um and then yeah hopefully more and more music on spotify under the middle thank you for listening to sounds of wahala don't forget to follow us on instagram at sounds of wahala podcast We'll be back in two weeks' time. I've been your host, Tiwa Odukoya.